made it. Sorry, Tom. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone. Um, today's reading is from the book of Matthew. It's a short couple of verses, um, and it's chapter 13, verses 44 through to 46. And it's the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for, a, for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Stephen. Um, once again, uh, we're doing, uh, this is Friendship Sunday, so we're doing slightly, uh, things slightly differently. Um, one is the fourth page of our bulletin. If you look there, uh, there are sermon notes that you can take there, but at the bottom of it is a place where you can put your questions. So if you have questions about anything, about Christianity, about uh, if you've been sort of, if you've wanted to ask somebody a question about Christianity and you haven't had a chance to, write it down. Or if you have a question about the sermon or what you've heard, please write it down. And after this uh, session after this sermon, uh, while we sing, you can drop it into the offering basket one more time, um, and uh, we'll collect it. I'll answer a few questions, but then if I don't have a chance to answer all the questions, I'll email you the questions. Uh, so do write them down and let me know. Uh, that would be great. Um, and also, if you have other questions that I cannot answer, I mean, this is a great book that you uh, can pick up at the bookstall uh, after the service. It's called Why Trust the Bible. Um, this is a helpful book that explains why we can trust the Bible and why we find this reliable word of God. And so if you have questions about the Bible, do pick this up. And there are other books like this in the bookstall. So do browse uh, for uh, books that might answer your questions. But it is a Christian practice to pray. Uh, pray as we come to God and pray uh, that God will speak. Uh, so why don't we do that uh, right now? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We know that the scripture, the Bible, is your word. And we pray that as we come to it, as, we, as I try to, see, uh, to proclaim it and explain it, we pray that your Holy Spirit will do the work of convicting us of the truthfulness of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you might have heard this before. Uh, Rico in Christianity Explored says, if the gospel, if uh, the gospel is not the best news you've ever heard, you are, uh, it's, um, you can be quite sure that you haven't understood it. If Christianity is not the best news you've ever heard, if the good news of Jesus is not the best news you've ever heard, you can be quite sure that you haven't understood it. And that is true for everyone, whether you're young or old, rich or poor, uh, Chinese or English, whether you are in a time of uncertainty or you're having your, the time of your lives. This is the best news you've ever heard. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13, the, the, chap, uh, the, the section that we've read. He says there, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and that in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. 
And 2,000 years ago, uh, as you can imagine, there was no financial market developed uh, as such. When the rich had money, there was no bank that they can go to store the money. There was no Morgan Stanley that would invest the money for them. So when one had great wealth, well, they had lots of coins in their homes. And what would you do if you literally had a ton of money at home? Well, you'd hide it, wouldn't you? And that's what they did. Uh, uh, Perhaps uh, they would find this, uh, they would go in the middle of the night, dig a hole in their own field and hide it and cover it. But you know how life goes. Maybe a heart attack or a war or plague that might sweep through the town. um, And he passes away. And the money money was left forgotten. And it was that kind of money that the farmer found. And what luck. So he found it. He hid it back up. Uh, He sold everything that he had and went to the owner and made an offer that the owner couldn't refuse. The second story is of the the pearl merchant. Uh, One who is looking out for the finest pearls. He's a gem expert who can tell the difference between the finest uh, of pearls and a common pearl. And when he finds what he was looking for, the finest pearl he's ever seen, he sells everything he has, all other pearls that he has as well, and buys that pearl. Of course, the pearls were even more valuable in that economy than it is now in our economy. Cleopatra is supposed to have owned a pearl worth $9 million U.S. dollars in today's money. And when he found this pearl, once again, he sells everything to buy that one. And of course, both Both stories raise some questions, like an ethical question. Should the farmer have deceived the owner and not not tell that person that there was a treasure hidden in the field? Or is it wise for the merchant to invest in one pearl when there's no guarantee that he could find a buyer for that pearl? Well, they're valid questions, but they're not really the point of the parable. This isn't a story about business ethics or wisdom of uh, diversified uh, investment. Both stories about just one thing, that the kingdom of, God, uh, kingdom of heaven is of incredible, invaluable, incomparable worth. It is worth selling everything that they have to buy this. That is what the point is. And you might be like a farmer today who came in without thinking much about Christianity, without thinking much about uh, who Jesus is, and you're not sure what to expect as you have come to this church. Or you might be like the pearl merchant, someone who's been intently looking for what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have a meaning in life, or whatever it is, you're looking for it. But let me assure you, whatever brought you to church today, this is the best news you could ever hear. This is, if you understand it, this will change your life. This is the best news you'll ever hear. The message of Jesus is the best news for many different reasons. One, I mean, it offers forgiveness. One of the things that Jesus tells us is as we come to know him, he'll tell us actually how much of a sinner we are, how hypocritical we are, how our hearts are filled with bad things. He says, In Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, out of our hearts come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. All these bad things that we think are out there, he says, actually are inside of each one of you. There's something that has fallen in each one of us that we need change, we need to be changed, that we need forgiveness from him. We've all done things that we're ashamed of and things that we regret. 
But at the same time, it's the best news that we could ever hear because Jesus not only reveals to us our sinful hearts, but he also offers forgiveness. Where else can you go to get forgiveness? He came to die on the cross so that he might pay the punishment that we deserve so that all who trust him might hear on the day of judgment, I paid for his sins. I paid for her punishment. And if we come to him, he offers forgiveness for all the things, big and small, that we've done. And Jesus also offers future as well. Although he died, he didn't stay dead. He rose again and is crowned as king. Death could not overcome him. In fact, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And that he would give life to all those who would come to him. Jesus offers also to be with us. Those who, uh, who ask him to come into their lives, he promises the Holy Spirit. And he says that the Holy Spirit will be with us no matter what we go through. Our highest peaks and the lowest valleys, he is with us through the Holy Spirit. And he gives us a purpose, a reason to live as well. Why do you live? To those who are lost, he tells us that we're made to be loved. And we're made to love others. We're made to take care of the creation. We're made to rule with him in the creation. Christ offers a purpose for living. If you ask me, why are you a Christian? Why is this the best news that you've heard? Well, I, I couldn't tell you one thing, but I think I'll have to borrow C.S. Lewis's words. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because I, I, by it I see everything else. I see who Jesus is. I see the hope that he offers. I, I see the forgiveness that he offers. But I also see everything else through it. When I have Christ, when I see the world through the Bible, when I see the world through him, everything else in the world makes sense as well. That's why I am a Christian. This is why this is the best news that I've ever heard. And if you're not a Christian here, and somebody brought you, would you please ask why is, this the, why is the gospel, why is knowing Jesus the best news that you have heard? Ask. But here's the thing. This is the best news, but in order to receive this news, in order to receive this gift, we have to leave everything. We have to leave everything to follow. Both the pearl merchant and the farmer had to sell everything that they had in order to get their treasure. And Jesus likewise says, you have to leave everything that you have in order to follow me. There's no halfway, Christian. We can't dabble in this and that and add Christianity on the top of the things that we're already doing. A lot of people think that becoming a Christian is adding a little something to their lives uh, and not having their cha- life uh, changed so much. They might add a, a to prayer. They might decide to pray a little bit more. They might decide to come to church. Or they might um, decide to start being nice. You see, that is not what Christianity is. Christianity isn't about self-improvement. Being a Christian is changing our lives radically from one way of living to an entirely different way of living. And Jesus says this is about rebirth. It's as radical as becoming a new person. It means no longer living the way that I have lived, the way that I wanted to live. 
And to say, actually, I'm going to give every part of my life and I'm going to live every part of my life according to how Jesus wants me to live. That is what it means to be a Christian, to leave everything and to follow him. Think about it like um, this. I mean, this doesn't mean that, uh, for most of us, this doesn't mean that we leave everything, actually. Uh, But it does mean rearranging all our priorities, all the things, stuff that's in our lives, rearranging our, our life in such a way to make space for Christ, to live in relationship to Jesus. Think about it like this. I went to someone's house recently, uh, and they had bought this fancy TV. It was connected to the Internet. Um, it was uh, huge, and it was curved. I don't know why it's curved still. I didn't. But anyway, it was curved, and it was fancy. Um, it was a spectacular TV. And you know what? Everything in that living room was arranged so to put the TV at the center. Of course, you know, the sofa had to go here because the TV is there. Of course, the table had to go over there because the TV is there and the sofa is here, right? Pictures and the bookcases, all the things in that living room had to be rearranged to make that space for the TV. And that's what it means to be a Christian. Of course, not to have this big TV and enjoy the TV, but to have Christ at the prized place, at the center of our hearts, and to rearrange everything in our lives around him. Our work, our, 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 our time, our friends, our money, our relationships, everything that we have, we're living in relationship. We're rearrange, rearranging in relationship to Christ. And if you ask why, once again, why is it that we have to do this? Well, the answer that this parable gives is that Christ will be the most prized thing that you can ever have. It is the most precious thing that you can ever have. But also, unlike the TV, Jesus is the one who created us, who knows us. When we repent of our way of living and put him at the center and start rearranging our lives, Everything else actually fall into their proper place. Family, job, hobbies, time, money, relationships, and church, or whatever it is, they all take their proper place in our lives. This is what the Jewish people call shalom, peace, harmony. We enjoy a life that we are meant to live as we put Christ at the center. But what it does mean, though, is that we have to give up the way that we have lived on our own. We cannot be our own masters anymore. We have to start following Jesus as our king, as our master. So have you given your entire life? And what stops you from doing so? If I rephrase the question, what stops you from having that treasure in your life? Uh, before we end, just take a look at the attitude of the farmer who sells everything. The farmer says, then in his joy... He went and sold everything. Notice it doesn't say what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that he sold everything and then he became happy. He became joyful. It doesn't say that the joy came after all the things that he's done. It says, in his joy, he went and sold everything. When was the last time you felt joyous? When was the last time you felt joyful in leaving the things that you already like, the things that you already value? 
I mean, the farmer went and sold everything. I'm sure things that were precious to him. The pearl merchant sold other pearls of great value in order to get this pearl. And they did so joyfully. You might say that actually you don't need Christianity. You don't need Jesus in your life because you're actually already satisfied with your life now. You don't need Jesus because you're happy with the way that you are now. And if you are satisfied in your life without Christ, let me tell you, you are too easily satisfied. You've settled for much less than what you could have. Can you imagine finding something so valuable that you could leave everything, every possession, every relationship, every achievement, um, everything that meant anything to you and leave them joyfully to have it? Well, that's the joy that you are to receive. That's the joy that you are to have. That's the joy of having that relationship with Jesus. And if, like the pearl merchant, you have been seeking something that will bring you that joy, well, let me tell you, Jesus is it. Jesus is what you have been searching for in all of your life. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to reveal himself to you. And come and talk to us afterwards. We'd love to tell you more about what this is like. Before we go, let me tell you one more reason why I find it such a joy to follow Jesus. In this story, we've been talking about what we must do, but, you know, this is a description of what Jesus has done for us, too. Jesus is the pearl merchant. He had all the riches. He had all the treasures. He had all the pearls. He had everything. But he left all that he had. Not only did he leave the riches of the kingdom, he became a human being. Not only did he become a human being, he went and actually died for us on the cross. And do you know why he did that? Why did he die on the cross? Why did he stay on the cross when he could have summoned angels and archangels at a command? He could have come down from the cross. What kept him on the cross? Well, this is another part of the Bible tells us. Hebrews 2, 12, 12 verse 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For Jesus, we are his treasure. When he thought of how we would be restored back in relationship to him, back in relationship to him, how he he is paying for our sins, how he might give us life, he might give us purpose, he might give us hope, that, that, uh, for that joy, he endured the cross. I don't know what you worship. I don't know what you live for if you don't live for Jesus. But this is the God that I worship. This is the God that I know. And wouldn't you want to treasure a God like that? And wouldn't you want to follow? Isn't he worth a God like that? Isn't he worth leaving everything to follow? So, um, it is a short sermon today, uh, but I'm sure you might, this, this sermon might have raised a few questions in your mind. Uh, if you have any other questions, uh, any question about Christianity, would you mind, could I just give you a couple of minutes? And on the fourth page of the bulletin, would you mind just writing down your questions? And in a minute, 
the music team will come and lead us in our final song. And if you can actually put the questions up, uh, if you can, sorry, pass the questions to the middle. Yep, and the ushers will then collect and bring them to me. Um, and after the song, I might answer a couple of questions, and I'll email you the answers to your questions if I can't get to them all. But yeah, if you can take a couple of minutes um, and ask your questions, that would be great.